Let's drone out. This episode is sponsored by Radio C for all your drone-related needs. Home of the Drone Labs batteries. Hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out. I'm joined by the wonderful Tony. What's up, Tonester One? Frank. Hello. Adam. Hello. And none other than the radioactive Final Glide. Ow! ow. (laughs) (laughs) You are actually radioactive, aren't you? Well, yeah, I, I technically, I guess, probably. It hasn't given me any extra powers, though. That was... Like, I was very much hoping going over to Pripyat and Chernobyl, I was going to come back like, say, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I was going to be a hero in a half shell. I was going to be a ride skateboards, and I was going to have a katana on my back and do ninja stuff, but none of that is. And your best so friend am... was going to be a rat. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I am actually bitterly disappointed with that. So all the only thing that happened was I just got radioactive dirt on me. So, yeah. And broke yeah. up. Don't get anyone pregnant. <laughs> that's probably not going to happen now that's the way radioactivity works yeah, yeah I suppose <laughs> I know like mutant babies yeah what else have you been up to congratulations on your win by the way your little victory oh, um, yeah currently victory. I'm just uh, basically relaxing after the nationals I'm here for about a week at uh, Steele Davis's house Mr. Steele and I've got Ethan Gulnack also known as High Flight FPV here and we're just basically relaxing and enjoying ourselves we were going to have johnny fpv here as well we're going to be all four of us just relaxing and getting away from the bulls but um johnny had to uh, head over to korea for a race over there so um yeah hope he does well but we're just basically getting away from it all and relaxing so you see uh, first person i've ever met who thinks that hanging around with us for an hour is going to be getting away from bulls well, that's why, I, that's, that's why I said I was trying to get away from bullshit and then you guys rang and asked if I could go on the show and I went, oh, well, you can't have everything, but it's a good start. We're sorry. No, I did, speaking, speaking of bullshit, I'll, I'll just lower the tone for a little bit. I did, I did see your post about complaining about everyone being whingy little bitches and, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a shame. It's like, what the hell has happened to the hobby? Uh, I've got to be perfectly honest in that uh, every single bigger competition that I go to, I get a little bit more disenchanted with this whole competition scene. There's very few comps that I've walked away with with a positive tone, and that's nothing against the pilots that I've flown against. When I go there and actually fly against the pilots, the pilots themselves are actually really well behaved and you have a really good experience and there's a lot of camaraderie there. The problem is the egotistical uh, keyboard warrior bullshit that goes on afterwards that, I mean, it's stupid and it doesn't need to happen. Everyone's got an opinion, but... You don't need to get personal. You don't need to get into arguments. Say a little bit and then move on. And, I mean, how long has this been going on for now? And there's so much stuff and bullshit that we're talking about. Uh, And basically what ends up happening is we're all infighting when we really should be pointing the finger towards the the competition organisers who... Let's face it, our entrepreneurs that don't fly don't have an interest in about in in much of the hobby, and their only real reason for being involved in it is because they want to get do their get get rich quick scheme and 
and and make some money from it and benefit and retire and then uh, and then leave us to our own devices. Now, that's not every single competition director and, and racing organisation out there, but they all have a similar core goal. And I do think that as pilots, we're we're concentrating on the wrong evil, and fighting amongst ourselves is only going to make things more stupid. And I've already said a number of times when things be, stop becoming fun, that's when I walk away from the competition scene. And to be honest, it gets a little bit closer every single time I go to one of these comps. It's frustrating. I, I totally hear Fire! you on that. Totally hear you. Yep. It's stupid. And I'll, I'll put it out there that in general, America sucks at running competitions. I see you Europeans over there and English, the English side, you guys seem to have a lot more success at running competitions. I don't know whether or not it's because you're running smaller competitions or whatever, but, I mean, so many of the competitions over here in America are a complete cluster, if I have to be perfectly honest, and you walk away going, what the hell happened? Um, when I see other organisations being successful at it. Now, I'm not saying that's all of them. Uh, like DR1, the DR1 Invitational event we went to recently was very... Uh, I would consider successful. I know some people complain about the live feed, but anyone who's watched the TV show afterwards, I'm sure you'll agree, was pretty damn good. And um, the racing itself was fantastic, really well won, and, and the pilots were looked after. On top of that, I'd also say that racing organisations like MultiGP, where it's down at the grassroots level, community kind of thing, Chris, who's in, in charge of MultiGP, does a really, really good job. The rest of the organisations, I've, I've, I've always been told that if I can't say something nice about them, then don't say anything else, anything at all. So I think that's best to leave it at that. But, I mean... That's a shame. To they'll it. never learn unless somebody says something about them. Yeah, Mind we you. are <laughs> dangerous. I, I'm well aware we're in dangerous territory right about now. The only I thing think, that... Um, it's a very, very clear point there when you say entrepreneurs who have no interest in the hobby who see all the press and pr and that and that those sorts of people you know they swoop in they want to do something set something up sell it and be on and the competitions that do better are the things that are organized by people who have always been interested in the hobby and still will be interested in the hobby and we need more people like that well, I don't really think I should say too much more about it, but I'll give you a case in point at the recent Drone Nationals 2016. After day two, when it was turning into a complete and utter cluster, and people were yelling at one another because no one knew what the hell was going on, the one person who was in charge of it and is the face of the Drone Nationals 2016, instead of actually being having his feet on the ground, actually in amongst that and trying to make it work, he was sitting in the VIP tent, which was designed primarily for the sponsors, which the pilots weren't allowed to be in, and he was sitting there cupping all the testicles of the sponsors trying to get more money out of them. Now, that shows you once and for all exactly how important the pilots are in the scheme of things, and I think that needs to be taken note of very, very seriously, and I think it's honestly quite pathetic. It also shows you how closely testicles are linked to wallets. Exactly. Yep. But I've said enough on that because they're probably going to get lots of hate from what I've said already. But I just wanted to be perfectly honest and real about that. That I think we need to stop fighting amongst ourselves and no. actually directing our, our attention towards those it's, that are making these experiences bad. It's very easy to say hateful things, but I think we all know there's an element of truth in it. No. Yep. Yeah, poor, poor Tony's felt the raft of uh, the X Blades. So, oh well. Well, I it's speak, all fun. Yeah. Speak the truth. Oh well. Um, can we just find out why Steel shouted out liar? Just just to clear it up to make sure that. I thought you said you know, fire. Uh, no, he said liar. 
I don't know. Dry. Should we find out? Do you care? Well, officially steals a dick, so um, <laughs> that needs to be taken into context. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah, don't worry. Officially? Has it been certified? Yeah, and well, he, is, well, he is currently wearing a shirt that says, I love balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm guessing he can hear you. <laughs> I'm, surprised, I'm surprised he's not buying. <laughs> Still smarter than that. We've we've learned after a while. So, how was uh, Chernobyl? Yeah, let's get back to the Ukrainian trip. Let's get let's get back to the fun stuff, the real stuff. Uh, Chernobyl, the whole Ukraine trip was a very interesting trip. I actually had no expectations at all. Like this whole trip really was Steele's idea. He's wanted to go to Chernobyl and visit there for a really long time, and he basically just. Uh, what basically happens is someone will have a stupid idea within Rotor Riot, and then Chad Kappa will go, you know what, that's a stupid idea, let's do it. And that's what kind of happened here. And within a very short space, we found a, a tour operator to Chernobyl that said that they'd love to help us out and be involved. And it sort of came from, it, it, it changed from a stupid idea to a actually a pretty good idea in a very short space of time. So that's usually how it all works. But yeah, we went over there and I was very concerned to begin with because of course, okay, you've got part of the country which is radioactive and then another part of the country which is at war. And I thought, Okay, so this no-name weirdo flying toys, that's not exactly a great place for me to go and visit. But we were very lucky within the Rotorite company itself that someone within there who's actually, uh, has uh, he's from Ukraine uh, and speaks uh, all the language very fluently and, and understands it. And so he became basically the... Uh, the the organizer of all this in terms of getting visas and getting local support and of course you can't just rock up there you've like i had to get a visa and you had to get an invitation into the country and uh we had to write out a hive of information about what gear we were bringing in for customs it's all very tight stuff so we had to cross our t's and dot our i's so it was all kind of strange i really didn't know what to expect and i was very apprehensive but how, how do you describe got, a quad when you're describing it to you know on that paperwork do you say it's not a an economy bomb. military recon device. Uh, no, I would say that's a bad idea, personally. <laughs> uh, toy, toy helicopter. They might be in the market for a few. <laughs> we well, we we called it a drone. <laughs> so yeah, we, we got there, and I was actually extremely surprised by the whole country. Like uh, Kiev, where the city where we stay, the the capital city, is a beautiful city. Uh, the people there are beautiful, welcoming, friendly people. Uh, of course, the exchange rate is just crazy. So one American dollar is 25 of theirs. So um, everything's very, very cheap and affordable. But, I mean, I had an amazing time there just meeting the local people, the local culture, the local food. It was a very eye-opening experience. And we also got to meet the uh, the local quad racing community there. And, and they're very much struggling because they're they're having trouble getting – uh, product into the country through customs so they're having a really hard time and one of our goals was okay we're going to go over there and have a trip over there but how can we help the community over there uh, and what we tried to do is highlight the 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 racing community and basically just the, the fpv community over there as much as we could on the media so that 
hopefully we could help to make it easier for them to get product into the company in, into the country because they really do struggle with that so um, I don't know whether we have made a difference but we, that's that was our intent we wanted to do a, put a good light on there so we met the local community there and uh, they were fantastic they got some really good pilots there as well so all that was amazing but of course the uh, the thing that everyone's thinking of is going and visiting Chernobyl and um, anyone who's seen any of like the, my first video that I put out uh, and also Steele's put some vlogs out there as well will probably maybe try to appreciate how much uh, of an emotional experience it is just visiting there. Uh, I've watched so many documentaries on Chernobyl and I've seen it all, but you simply cannot grasp the size and... Magnitude is the word you're looking for. Yeah, the magnitude of exactly what happened there. It's... Life just stops. Yeah. It's scary. It's, it's crazy because you drive into Pripyat and it, looks, it literally just looks like a really lush forest. It doesn't look like a city because you've got where there used to be grass, there's 30, 40 foot trees uh, really closely packed and Mother Nature is taking over. So you see the odd like 20 story buildings sticking out of the, sticking out of the, uh, out of the forest, but it doesn't look that big. And it's not until that first moment that you take off in your mini quad and you get above the horizon and you actually see the scope of the uh, disaster area. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie when I said I actually got emotional the first time I got high and, up in the uh, in the air and and saw the sheer scale of everything that it really hits home to you that mm. how massive it is uh, even just the chernobyl power plant itself is massive the first four reactors is huge and then you've got like a fifth one that they were building and mm. it's, Cause, um, it's crazy yeah because like also it's all old tech you've got to remember that 30 years ago like we've we've downsized everything you know, made everything smaller, more efficient, more compact, and not no, not nuclear reactors. They're still massive. They're still, you know, they're, yeah, they're but, talking about building near Hinkley Point. Yeah, but you know, it is it is old tech. It you know, there's there's a lot of space there. You know, and it was just the sheer scale of that disaster that you know. Yeah, but to, to actually experience it in person is like the first day that we were there, it was just a whole heap of silence because yeah. you're, just, you're just trying to take it all in. And uh, Chernobyl is certainly somewhere that I've been interested in, but I would, have never have, I would have never have taken a holiday there. It would have never been my choice. It's never been on my radar, but I'm so glad that I went there just for the the amazing experiences i spent three days in total uh in the the exclusion zone uh visiting all the areas and it literally blew my mind and i know everyone else had a similar experience uh, did it so, yeah oh did it make you feel quite insignificant yeah yeah and, and fragile like you know you can just wipe yourself off the face of the earth quite easily the first, the first thing I started thinking is, okay, any per, any politician that wants to run any country around the world, I think they need to need to spend a couple of days in Chernobyl before they take office, because it really, Chernobyl is the perfect example of a reality check of what how humanity can the world up. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, in fairness, it's it's just one of the ways humanity can the world up. We're really yep. inventive. 
We are really oh, yeah. good at it, aren't we? Yeah. Oh yeah, we can. We can, It's amazing how uh, how many different ways we can think about doing it out and doing that. But uh, yeah, no, it was a um, it was it was a humbling experience. Let me no, put it at that. Did you see the film Chernobyl Diaries before you went out? I've seen a lot of documentaries. Um, it's a, it's not a documentary. It's a horror movie. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> No, get, well, I haven't. I, I we when we did get back, there was guys playing uh, Fallout <laughs> that the, were in Chernobyl. I'm going, holy crap! I've I've actually stood there. <laughs> wow! Oh, no. So there's all these places that I recognise. It was kind of funny. Was um like because I I posted up a video of um like in one of your your chats. I don't know whether you saw it where I I was chatting about the um the firemen's uh, uniforms that they threw down in the basement of the hospital. Yeah. And, yeah, apparently you guys went 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 to the hospital and someone's brought a helmet up from the, from the basement. Yeah. And that is crazy. Like, that person must be, like, glowing or dead. What they've done is they've actually they've poured concrete in the stairwell so you can't actually get down to the basement. You can still get there now, but you have to climb down the, the elevator shaft. Uh, so it is possible to get there, but it's not easy to get there. So they've, they've blocked that off for safety reasons. And, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be someone who's grabbed one of those helmets for a memento uh, but it's it, it's all got to be put into perspective as well so a lot of people are saying well why would you why would you go there you're going to die on that sort of stuff and i mean the the radioactivity is slightly elevated in in most of the exclusion zone but it's not at a deadly level so uh um what did we get we're um if you're looking at um like the 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 ambient um, radiation is around 0.1 microsieverts. Uh, it, a lot of the areas around um, around uh, around the area of Pripyat are around sort of like the 0.3, but sometimes you're getting up to like the one and the ten and the thirty and lots of stuff. But you you got to remember that you'd actually you're actually getting more of a dosage by jumping on an international flight and going high in the atmosphere. Yeah, so, uh, or smoking. And, yeah, what? and if you went and if 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 you went um, if you went and got an ultra sorry not an ultrasound a um, an X ray and that sort of thing, uh, the 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 amount of radiation that you'd get there would be probably four or five times the amount of radiation that was coming off these fireman's hats and that sort of stuff. The difference is how long you have that dosage for. Of course, an X ray is for a very short period of time. If you were to pick up that hat and take it home and have it in your house and keep it close by to you for a long period of time, it's going to make you very, very sick. Yeah. But uh, if you're only spending short periods of time there, and I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live in Pripyat, but going and actually spending some time there and leaving again, I feel quite comfortable. And and we had Geiger counters and dosimeters and that sort of stuff to see where mm. where all the more radioactive stuff was. So we, we were feeling quite safe. But um, are you any of you old enough to remember when it happened? Um, well, yeah, I was born in '78, and it happened in '86. But I mean. Uh, I don't really remember the actual yeah, time it happened. I d I, even as a kid, I remember a lot of talk about how it was going to affect the sheep. Yeah, well, La especially, lamb especially in, for you guys, because uh, you Europe. guys were close to it. Over in Australia, yeah, yeah. we were still a fair distance away from it. Yeah, no, it was going to f*** up our lamb. That was the... Uh, 
Sorry, Tony. I was just going to ask, did you see many animals? Was there any deer or birds? or Did you see any wildlife or was it strangely quiet? No, so they're back. They've got mutated wolves and stuff that they hunt and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that was the very interesting thing. So, of course, there was lots of um, flora there. So there's lots of plants. The plants are just growing like wildfire. But in the entire time that I was there, the three days that I was there, I saw uh, a wolf, a, uh, a fox, a deer, and I think it was a duck. Yeah, so there is and, wildlife there. And, but, um, was it, what, do you, what do you mean by, I think it was a duck? What, was it that badly <laughs> mutated? Like, you they all like, have three eyes, was, like in Simpsons. Away. But I mean, if you oh. think about the amount of animals, that you, just in terms of birds that you would see in three days, mm. I mean, that's not very much at all. I was quite surprised at the the pure lack of animals there. It was very, very quiet. So, mm. I mean, maybe I, I was just a slow day, but the, the, the sheer lack of animals I saw was kind of crazy. Uh so that that was a very interesting experience there to see so little in the way of animal activity there. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, not much at all. But th there are animals there, but it just it did seem freakily quiet. So, what was the big radar tower you guys? Durka One. Yeah, the Duga One. Duga. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was a huge structure. Uh, once again, I'd seen pictures of it, but to actually stand there, it was kind of crazy. Uh, apparently, Duga One cost two or three times uh, what it cost to actually been, build uh, the Chernobyl power station, and the local people there actually have stated that uh, when the Chernobyl power station was built, there was no need to have the power station there, that the whole the whole purpose of the power station was to run the uh, the antenna itself. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, well, it, uh, they, they called it the uh, Russian woodpecker, didn't they? And it's like a correct, yeah. really low frequency for detecting the 15-minute warning. Yeah, it was like the 7 to 10 megahertz or something like that um, range. And all, it was basically screwed with all the ham operators for many years uh, on, on various frequencies. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, we had actually had Anthony Cake from Mersion RC with, there with us, and he was actually kind of geeking out because he was, a, he was a basically a ham operator back in the day, and he was right into the ham radio when... Um, when it was active and he said this is really cool to actually see this thing that was annoying the crap out of us for so many years <laughs> oh. and Tommy done a good dive straight through the middle yeah Tommy won't be able to do that dive anymore because he won't fit through the hole with the massive testicles he's got <laughs> <laughs> and they're yeah. glowing obviously as well yeah yeah the massive glowing titanium testicles all three of them did they? Did David do any flying with the the tricopter? Yeah, yeah. David did a hyper flying with his tricopter. It was kind of cool. And uh, he, David, seems to have a uh, vendetta against any quadcopter because he he had three. I think it was three midairs with quadcopters the whole time. The only midairs we ever had was with David's tricopter. So I think he's just got an issue with us. <laughs> was was he flying mini ones or his full size? 
Uh, he had both. Uh, most of the time he was flying his full-size one because he was just trying to get some, some good video shots. Oh, um, I look forward to that. He had his mini one there as well. So we, we'd actually been with uh, David um, the week before at uh, Flight Fest, and that was yeah. cool to meet up with him there. That was, that was awesome fun. Was there was there many pol- was there any politics at Flight Fest or was it all right? No, I mean Flight Fest. Uh, I had a goal this year. The two things that I wanted to go to was Joe Noll and Flight Fest. Joe, both of them were fantastic. Uh, Joe Noll was good simply because of the 3D uh, large scale flight line. Those guys are crazy and and uh, and uh, just like to have a good time and and recognise that uh, there's some rules that are stupid. But Flight Fest was just such good fun there basically the only rule was don't be do, don't do something that is going to cause injury to someone just uh, that was it just use your own common sense and so you could basically do whatever you want and uh the flying was fantastic so anyone who's been to flight fest will know that they have these massive combat sessions where they'll have probably a hundred pilots up in the air at one time doing a massive all-in-all combat session so uh Stinger Swarm and myself decided it would be a good idea to go and put on some indestructible props on our quads and then go and join in on the combat. Uh, and I've got to tell you, that's the most fun I've ever had with a quad. It's just insane. You're just chasing after foam planes and smashing into them and watching foam go everywhere as this plane goes flying down with its wings folded. I think I destroyed about, I don't know, eight or ten aircraft in the in the space of two days. Very satisfying experience. <laughs> Did the quad get taken down there any time? Yeah, it's it's great fun. If you ever get a chance, I'd highly recommend anyone to go there. Uh, I had an absolute ball. And re- remember to bring some indestructible props of some kind with you because uh, going in, getting yourself involved in the combat session with foam airplanes is too much fun. Yeah, we've done that before, but not on such a huge scale. Yeah. What, what did you say, Frank? Did you? Uh, did any phone planes take out? Take you out at some point, or were you just taking out everyone else's planes? <laughs> I think the I think the phone planes lost, Frank. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like someone's trying to eat breakfast cereal. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it who, must be. Who, bre- who is eating breakfast? Well, I want to now. <laughs> What's it? Weetabix. There you go. I I I had cocoa pops, but that was a fair few hours ago. Yeah, I I gotta say, cocoa pops wins over Weetabix any day of the week. Uh, I had what a home, homemade egg McMuffin. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's getting a bit fancy. Yeah, I know, I know. That's very English What's- of you. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to be completely racist, but what was it like going to Russia with Americans in tow? <laughs> Surely you would be on your nerves. I it's, would be. It's not Russia, and they're quite sensitive about that. Yeah, yeah. That's the I mean, first thing. To the Russians, um, it is, I guess. Yeah. It was more of a joke, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you're now dislike more than the Americans are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone's quite cool. Actually, if you turn up as an American there, because the currency is so good compared to the local currency, you're actually accepted. Like you just got to say, "I'm from America," and all of a sudden, everyone wants to be your friend. 
Yeah. yeah. No, the, the people there are very relaxed people. They're great. I mean, you got that part of the country that, that's at war, but the actual culture of the people, they're not even slightly interested in the war. They don't want to fight. They just want to live their lives. So, uh, so long as you're not a complete idiot, they're, uh, they're, they're very friendly towards you. Uh-huh. Um, what you know? They, they were. You said they were struggling to um, get the tech in. What were they using? Was was it quite like you know? Were they using quite out of date tech or you know? Did you did you see? What I'm really interested is you know like in some parts of Mexico where they struggle to get like new, um, you know like new technology in or is it? No, actually, it's not Mexico. I'm an idiot. Um, it's well, we know that, but carry on. Is it Cuba? Iraq. No, I can't remember. I... Cuba. Cuba certainly has a serious restrictions. Where they have all the old cars yeah, and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's Cuba. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, like, they can't get the new tech, so they start improvising, like, you know, using, like, breaking things apart and, like, you know, making their own rechargeable um, hearing aid batteries and you know, bolting on external pumps to their washing machines, uh, external uh, motors. You know, did you go there and they were, like, using different ESCs, you know, mixing <laughs> and matching them or...? Oh, I wouldn't say it was that bad. I mean, but I, I didn't see people turn up with three of the same thing with the latest technology. I'm, I wasn't seeing them flying with, turning up with four frames identically with all the, the latest gear on it and stuff. But I wouldn't say it was it was out of technology. They just didn't have a lot of it. So they, they had, like, oh, your Nays 32s and things like that and uh, some reasonable frames and there was some probably sort of like home des uh, own design frames as well. It's just they didn't have a lot of it. So they can get it in. They just struggle to get it in large amounts by the sounds of it. Oh, no, that sucks. Oh. Plus, I guess they have to be a bit more careful with their cash. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, if they're going to buy an A32 with their currency, it's going to cost a lot more than what it's going to cost me in terms of uh, dollar value. So it, it does make it make it a bit harder for them. Oh, man, that sucks. But, yeah, yeah but... That sucks. I was going to say, but what's the average earning? I'm sure they earn more, you know, whatever they are. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't really say. I mean, uh, I think, yeah, if... Just, just from from uh, someone living in America going over there, all of a sudden life becomes a lot easier because things are just so cheap. Uh, but I guess it's it's all relative. Uh, but I I don't know. I I think uh, times are a little bit hard. Yeah. Hard there at the moment. Uh, but I mean, that, that's life. You get through it. Good place to retire. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they'll have settled their differences with Russia by then. <laughs> oh, who knows? People don't people don't settle differences very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they do very, very definitely. But that's not something we want. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. No one wants that. Did you? Did you? I, I th I'm going to start talking to you guys. I mean, uh, I got one question. Okay, one question, <laughs> then I start. Talking. Yeah. Okay, did you find anything unexpected? Do you know, like, you know, like you're wandering around Chernobyl and then you just find, like, I, I, I don't know, like, a, a, something you wouldn't expect? Oh, most of it was unexpected because it was so eerie. I mean, uh, you walk in the hospital, like, and there'll be a room that will have all these little... Um, 
tiny little beds for newborn babies, and they're just oh. still they're still set up. <laughs> uh, like every time you go around a corner you see that and it's it literally is like 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 life has just been um put on hold and it's not like that everywhere because of course uh what has happened is i'm sure after it's probably a couple of years afterwards but the army and the government's come in and they're basically stripped it so they've stripped all the important things out like all your copper wire and things like that and so it looks very run down now but it's still very eerie so yeah that's a hard one to to answer because i mean every time i went around the corner it's kind of like wow okay this is i didn't expect that Mm, weird yeah right so do i get to ask a question carry on feel free far away yeah okay sorry so, um, I, I hear your your young little hero Luke got got beaten in Korea. What's up with that? I'm sure it was jet lag. Who, who wants to answer that? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> He's not my hero. <laughs> I haven't spoke I haven't spoken to Luke yet, but it sounds like he had a really good time. And he said that the event was really well well run. So it's it's good to see uh, other countries he- getting into this seriously. Did he have a good time? Is that what distracted him from his flying? Yeah, there we go. We're going to have to work on that. Stop enjoying yourself. Get serious. This is not supposed to be fun. <laughs> yep, definitely. But at Queen's Cup, he was uh, he was competing and he, he didn't uh, get through to the, 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 the finals because, uh, yeah, I think he might have slightly bottled it a bit when there was a bit of a breakup on his video he 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 landed rather than smash out into the netting on the side and and that cost him yeah so you know it's it's uh i think previously we've seen that luke has been you know really you know pushing himself 110 percent, and you know uh, occasionally that has not worked so well but judging by what I saw at Queen's Cup, he's, tri- you know, he's definitely been working on managing himself a bit more, and, and maybe that's it's finding that balance where you're at the peak of what you can do. At the end of the day, I think one of the issues with FPV is if you can't if you can't see, then you can't race. And I've heard a lot of <laughs> arguments about people. Well, you should be able to just fly through static. I'm sorry, that's crap. If you can't mm. see, you can't see. Uh, and uh, it's one of those things where the the racing itself it still becomes to a bit of luck. So if you don't have perfect feet on every single video, uh, the guy who's got the best video is going to have the uh, the most chance of winning. Uh, yeah. And it always comes down to that. And I, I heard from a number of people that um, Korea had sort of less than perfect uh, video feet. As, uh, I mean, we had our traumas at uh, Drone Nationals 2016 as well, but, I mean, I heard that um, Korea was not that fantastic as well. A lot of interference in a country like that. A lot of technology, small, you know. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and for these kinds of races, you almost need to have it um, away from a city, sort of out in the country, a low RF noise floor, so you can at least... Well, you, can't, you can't go away from a city and into the country in, in Korea without stepping into a landfill. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a problem. It should should yeah, have it on a, like an. Although I hear I hear it is a great the drones are going to be a great way to clear landmine fields. Yeah, there was that. That was one of the things recently that's been talked about, wasn't it? Uh, there was. Gonna... It, I mean, I didn't read it in any detail. Do you put a weight on a bit of string and then just fly land, come close to the ground? No, <laughs> it's a, a mini detonation. So you you chuck a little mini bomb on top of the landmine and then it becomes a big bomb. 
and oh, you're like remotely those, detonate like it. Like those little firecrackers you buy on holiday in France when you're a kid. Yeah, if you strap exactly enough of them like to those. a hand grenade, then yeah, you kind of get the idea. For all those old Phantom Threes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I just let Steel take them apart and put them in his mouth. I'm sorry. That's a little reference for anyone uh, who, who's not in the know. Um, What's the calorie account? What's the you know nutritional value of a Phantom Three? I don't know. Pl- plenty of uh, yeah. It's, it's very nutritional. Many calories. Low in carbs. Any, any, any other English questions for us? English questions. Well, Why are you guys so crap at cricket? <laughs> We're rubbish uh, at most of the sports we invented. Yeah, this it's, is what we do. We invent tradition. new sports and then get good at them, and then other people get good at them, and so we invent a new one. That's how it works, you know. Should I even crap at cricket? You crap at you crap at soccer. What else are you crap at? Hang on, hang on. Let me. Should I? Should I even bother We're googling? Shut up, Tony. Um, uh, should I Google how Australia's doing in the Olympics, or should I not bother? They're doing better than us, mate. The the Olympics is irrelevant anyway. That's basically just people running around chucking spears and trying to beat one another across a, a white line. That's irrelevant. <laughs> it, it's it's traditional for the host country to do really, really badly in the first Olympics after they host. Yeah, and we are we're sticking up for that tradition. Where is the Olympics this time around? I had Rio. no idea. Oh, okay. Brazil. Yeah. Uh, okay, because I, I don't follow the Olympics at all. Oh. Um, There's, uh, well, you, you will if they put uh, FPV yeah, well, racing. The, apparently yes. next year they're going to add skateboarding, BMX and some other sports. Next time is Japan. Way to actually become relevant again. Yeah, that's what they said. They wanted you know a younger audience to become part of it. They had BMX. They had BMX in London. That was its oh, introduction. I, well, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. Speaking of large international sporting events, um, uh, I, I will also take this moment just to note uh, the EORSA, the European Rotor Sports Association Euro Cup finals, have been uh, shifted back uh, to the sixth to 9th of October. So that's the Ibiza Euro Cup. So if anyone's already booked their time off and tickets and everything to go over to Ibiza for that, then... Um, Unlucky. You... Yeah. Oh, that's going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, yeah. That I would sounds, stay away. sounds very unreasonable, just changing it at the last minute. Yeah, well, I don't know anything behind just what I've seen on their Facebook page, but yeah, from the Facebook page, lots of people are not very happy. Um, but they do say that an advantage to the new date is that this place is the timing outside of high holiday season, and so flights and accommodation will be cheaper unless you paid for it Although twice. Although less cheap if you've already yeah. bought the others, yeah. Why does everyone want Chad to say Formula FPV? No, we want Chad to come to Formula FPV, but he seems to love America more than the UK. You guys get me over there, I'll be more than happy to go around there. I just seem to be stuck here. <laughs> you are stuck. You, need, you do need to come to the UK, you guys. 
Yeah, yeah. one of one of Riot's next uh, trips that we do want to do is a European tour that includes England. So yeah, over there we we know we, we there's uh, there's a lot to do over there and a lot of people that want us to come over there and a really growing community there. And I want to see what you guys are doing right because I'm seeing a lot of things that's being done wrong over here in America. And keen to get over there. And I just want to catch up in, with Luke and go and fly in his home territory and enjoy the wonder that is a 2,000-foot cloud-based uh, murky sky and rain every single day. I mean, yeah, that sounds fun. It's the best. You just want to bully Luke. That's all you want to do. The most satisfying time I've ever had in my life was when I actually sat on him for the first time. I want to repeat that. I think there's laws against that. <laughs> I think we might put you on a list over it. At least over here. You have to turn that down. Don't have written consent from his mum, and she's already oh, done yeah. that. I think uh, Danny sat on him before as well. I think it's the thing yeah, you have I, to do. I have. Yeah, that's that's what, that's have, what gave me. I have idea. no urge to do that whatsoever. Um, important for Chad to tell him that Mr. Lemon RX failsafe master finally got a Tyrannus. Oh, look out. Yep. Congratulations. Go. Well done. Enjoy not being able to navigate the menus, but still, fantastic piece of kit. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's an absolute uh, piece of crap to, uh, to go around. The gimbals feel like they're pieces of cheese stuck in sand. But guess what? Your quad's not constantly falling out of the sky, and I find that to be reasonably important. Yeah, that's quite important. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the wind, apparently. Um, also, uh, Clinton Roberts is putting a generous £10 which is, I think, as many as $12, towards uh, that airfare. So you'll be here in no time. Oh, there we go. We've just got to have another 2,000 people or whatever. My math's pretty bad. That's probably wrong. Uh, but we've just got to have lots of people add to that, and we'll be here. There you go. Just start, a, just start up a, cra- a crowdfund. And I'll- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for doing that. A Kickstarter. Where, I genuinely you know- think a Kickstarter getting Rota Riot. Or at least you over here would definitely yeah, go down well. Screw the other guys. Don't, don't want me to go over there. I reckon it would be done in days. I reckon you'd have enough cash to get here in days. Let's set it up so he comes to Formula FPV. Who's the other guy coming from America love, from video? Um, what, what do you mean? He's our lord and saviour. The IB crazy. The engineer of God. He's coming. I'll, I'll run it, but I'll have to keep some for administrative expenses. Okay. Yeah, you, d- you, d- you do that. All right. Do that. Wow, All right. The, the red tape and politics is already started but, again. Welcome to England. But yeah, we've got to be pretty quick about this because, you know, I'll, I'll do the plug for Chem because he's plugging it on in the chat. So Formula FPV, uh, August 19th to the 21st. Um, uh, yeah, so that is... And, and Ch- Chad Chad's going to be there. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's that's where I, I do have to um, disappoint you there and actually give some more interesting news because on that weekend I'll actually be in Boston participating in the Red Bull Flug Tag. Ooh. Ooh. Do you know what the Red Bull Flug Tag is? No. Is that the Red Bull you... Flug Tag? Have you? If it's in Boston, I presume it's a drinking competition. <laughs> Not quite. Have you ever seen those lunatics that basically make those yes. home-built aircraft yes. and then jump off a, a 30-foot oh, yeah. water? Yeah. Well, yep. I'm myself and Steel, uh, we're part of the the um, Rotor Riot slash flight test team. Where we're, uh, Josh Bixler from Flight Test and the other guys are actually currently building this contraption. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm stupid enough to put my hand up to say, yeah, I'll fly it. 
So I'm going to be oh jumping off a 30 God. foot pier to see how fl how far I can actually fly. They're gonna they're gonna be in a f***ing <laughs> guinea pig, aren't they? <laughs> Knowing them lot, thinking they did that in Eastbourne, lemming. didn't they? Not that long ago. <laughs> they do that. No, that's called paddle around the pier. The, the, the center section, the center section is uh, from a 1941 Volmer uh, kit plane, uh, and they're making the uh, the wings and tail out of blue foam and and laser cutting the whole thing. It actually looks kind of cool. Uh, so I reckon it's going to fly a reasonable distance, but oh, what, so it's what like I can't guarantee it is. Is David Vinderstall involved in any way? Um, he took one look at it and went, you guys are crazy, and kept on walking. Oh, well, <laughs> at least it response. won't be on fire. Um, <laughs> oh my it does look word. like a novel way to get to the emergency room. <laughs> Someone well, is going to die. I, figured, though, I can just say, well, I'm retiring from racing. Why? Because I almost drowned on the Red Bull flug tug. That's weird. Put, put in a good word for us. Uh, Red Bull. We'll do. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I'm thinking about that um, Kickstarter, and I love the idea that, like, one of the incentives is, like, you know, you you get to sit on Luke Bannister. <laughs> you know, like if you if you donate one thousand pounds, you you get the chance to sit on on Luke. Like whether he's got any say on it or not. I'm going to donate a thousand pounds just for that myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you sick. <laughs> Adam, you're on the case. Start. Okay. It now. Okay, and I also need someone to go and catch Luke and tie him down, so we can make that promise. I'm not. I'm not. He's pretty. He's pretty fast. He's like he's quite manoeuvrable, but I've noticed he ties out quickly. All right. Uh, okay. Really, really obscure reference. I'm going to say if anyone's good at catching and tying Luke Bannister up, it's uh, Metal Danny, and that's all I'm going to say, <laughs> like, without saying too much. Um, but hopefully, you'll find that funny if he ever listens to that. Um, oh man! And if he doesn't, yeah, oh well. Ha uh, yeah, have you um, have you been? I've noticed you've been playing around with the conic system. I'm glad I've seen it. I've I'm sick of talking about it. Have you? Did you get to play with any of the new immersion uh, stuff? Which immersion stuff are you talking about? The VTXs and the yeah yeah and. So you're talking about the Tramp VTX? Yes, yeah, I'm talking about that, yeah. Okay, well, I've got one sitting right next to me. So the Any good? Yeah. Oh. I find this is something um, very interesting, uh, which is going to require more testing. So I have flown it through. I've, I actually got a Tramp VTX off Anthony uh, just as we left the Ukraine. Uh, and I didn't really get a chance to use it until the Drone Nationals because I was so busy. So what I do need to do is go and um, test it some more. So I've got the Tramp itself, and I've got everything else. What I don't have is the wand. Um, I'm hoping in the next week or two that I'm going to get one of the early versions of the wand to come out. So yeah. I can, But I can still use it, but it's just a bit more of a pain. Which, which yeah, it's button. locked, um, yeah. But I had a very good experience using it um, in the Drone National 2016. Uh, it's very interesting. There's a lot of talk going on there and a lot of bashing going on about the product. And I'll be perfectly honest, the majority of the bashing has come from coming from TBS loyalists and from the centre section of, t of Team Black Sheep, which I think is kind of pathetic. Um, 
I didn't actually have a problem with it at all. Uh, I it flew quite well and and worked quite well for me. I do need to go out and fly it some more in real world scenario outside uh, before I really make uh, make a call on the thing. Uh, what I will say is that there's a lot of bashing going on it from the drone nationals, but anyone who actually spent the time to actually look at the RF noise situation that we were dealing with would understand very clearly that nothing you had there would work well. To give you an idea, we had, there was a large high-power radio communications tower just on the other side of the island, which was pumping out directional, uh, a directional uh, signal on Channel 6 race band, which was totally destroying Channel 6 and Channel 5. Uh, we also had a microwave uh, transmitter that was set up in the middle of the track by ESPN3, which was broadcasting their live feed from the island to the mainland, which was uh, basically destroying channels 3 to, through to channel 5. Uh, we also had a, um, a camera, a wide-angle camera with a high-power transmitter in a, that was situated in a building in Manhattan, which you could actually pick up the signal from Manhattan uh, <laughs> and you could actually see the island. Now, I don't want to point any fingers, but it was pointed out to me that DRL is actually based in that, uh, is based in that building, and we're wondering whether or not someone from DRL put it in there and turned it on because it was turned off during the nighttime when we <laughs> weren't racing, which was funny enough. Uh, so there was that. There was also the, the, the media and the sponsors were sticking up Wi-Fi. Some of them were putting them actually inside on the towers inside the track. Essentially, what happened was you had an RF noise floor that was absolutely f***ing retarded. And on one day, we only had... Language, final glide, language. Yeah, you got to watch out for that friggin' language. Uh, at, one day, at one day, we only had two channels available to us that were free. Uh, and... Uh, like I, I was the one that was seeing the spectrum analyzer of what was going on there, and it was, it was totally retarded. There was uh, unfortunately, uh, whoever happened to be in charge of the VTXs was going to have a bad day. And as we worked on it, we managed to get shut some of the things down and give more channels available to us. But it was basically just a bad situation yes. that that you really can only point towards bad organization yeah. from from the, the race organizers that they didn't they didn't even bother to think that okay ESPN3 is going to bring on a uh, a transmitter that's going to be on this frequency they didn't bother to check that out so um yeah, I think the Tramp is getting uh, a lot of undeserved uh, bad attention right now. Uh, I do intend to go and fly my Tramp VTXs that I got there more to test them out. So I might find that it's not as good as what I'm currently using, and in which case I won't. But if if I do find that it's good, then I'm going to switch everything over to that because the size is great, and I really like the fact that you've got this one that you can change channels with. And um, uh, yeah, it, everything about it is very good. I've just got to test it some more. Yeah, because um, I've I've met Anthony from Immersion. I really like the guy. I use nothing but Immersion VTXs, and I've loved them. I've never used any TBS products. Yeah, Frank, I have. Your 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 opinion of the VTX yeah, from TBS matches Richard Whelan's opinion, yeah. and was possibly one of the funniest videos I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> I did um, that. I did find that quite funny. Yeah. What What's your opinion of TBS? Um, look, they've got some good products. Uh, 
they've got some like for example the unified pro is is okay i've got one of their the unified pro hv the original unify i i will not use within a 20 foot barging pole because i personally refuse to use any vtx that that will not accept direct lipo input and I will not use any VTX that does not provide a 5-volt filtered output to a camera. I want a VTX that can stand alone and do all the jobs that's required to. I, I don't understand why a company would not install that sort of stuff. So the Unify Pro, I would never use for that reason. The Unify Pro HP um, has that. Um, but I've, I've seen a lot of instances of them burning up, and I know Steel has complained about of it changing channels, and, and the channel that you select is different to what it actually is. It's got some problems. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people that I personally know, which these things have burnt up, which I quite find, find quite funny, where TBS was having a go at some of the tramps from burnt, the early versions of the tramps burning up because they were, they were putting too much voltage into them above spec, and they were burning up when... The tramp does sorry when the the TBS Unified Pro does exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah, I I don't really have a problem with a lot of their products. Uh, what I do have a problem with TBS is this sort of um, the trappy version. Yeah, the the shitty attitude that they have to go out and try and deface the uh the competition wherever they go and i'm not saying that immersion rc is perfectly uh innocent of that they've done that at times as well and i would just simply put out there that you guys are companies that can stand on your own two feet by yourselves and it's a big enough world for you both to operate independently and successfully and you need to stop acting like six-year-old kids and arguing online just shut the f up and continue on with your with your with your operation, and continue selling gear. It gets pathetic when I read this stuff in both public and private. So, it's got nothing to do with the hardware. I, I think both the TBS Unified Pro HV and the Tramp have a place, and it's kind of like Apple versus PC or 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 Ford versus Chevrolet. Chick chick pick whichever one is your favorite and stick with it, and mm. and don't and stop. Uh, stop uh, getting stuck into other, stop bitching to other people who have a different opinion. They both work. That's fine. Now um, I'm sure you'll find people that have got bad reports about uni uh, immersion RC, just as many re bad reports about TBS. They both have their good sides and their bad sides, and both people people both have a good re uh, report with them and a bad report with them. It depends on the individual. Uh, I think we just need to stop fighting and stop bitching about this because it gets pathetic when i read it time and time again online and but right now i think the my big issue is tbs really seems to be having this vendetta funny enough that's what their vendetta is called their vendetta Whoa. against immersion rc and just keeps on trying to blacklist them in every chance that they get and that's just not the t not just the tbs organization but also their team pilots which almost seem like they're re they're required to basically badmouth every single opportunity and i think it's a bit pathetic and stupid can we ask what uh vtx you use please uh, I've used many VTXs. The one that I currently use is the old school Immersion RC 600 milliwatt VTX, one with the good old dip switches on sort of stuff. Uh, and I use the 200 for racing. The reason why I use them is because they just work. Yeah, they work and they work really well. I have never blown one up ever in the over two years that I've been using them. Uh, you run, can leap. You're running straight from a lipo as well. Exactly, direct from the lipo, and then it's powering the camera. 
It's very, very simple, and it just works. I've I've had these things turned turned on without an antenna plugged into them for up to twenty minutes, half an hour, and completely forgotten about it, and come back and it's been completely fine. Okay, they're a bit heavier. Okay, they're a bit bigger, but I'm running them in things like alien frames onto stuff where space is not an issue, and they just work. So a lot of the times when I go flying in places with do with rotor right, if you crash out. You're probably never going to get your quad back because you're flying over water or, or a terrain that's, that you can't get back again, can't get to. So I want something that's reliable. Uh, and it works for me and it works well and I've never had one fail. And I've put them through hell. I've smashed them up. Uh, I've, 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 I've really put them through hell and they keep on ticking. That's why I continue to use them. And hopefully if the Tramp becomes that, uh, that reliable, then uh, I'll go that way as well. I was going to say, is the tramp um, is that smaller than the um, version? Yeah, it's two parts. It yeah, if you if you're not using the little wand part, it's a bit smaller than the than the um, than the Unified Pro HV, but it's a bit thicker. Um, who is, who's eating crisps now? Someone's moving their microphone. <laughs> or moving. Yeah, yeah, rubbing did, their mic I on themselves. I didn't eat any crisps. Yeah. So everyone, stop moving, please. Stand Do still. Stop, stop breathing. Um, <laughs> afterwards, I will ask you because I got I got Anthony's email, and I I have invited him on the show, and I never hear back from him anymore. And I'm guessing because he's very very busy. <laughs> but it, that's the reason. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask you. Yeah, 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 clearly. Uh, I'm going to ask you what the hell I have to write in an email to get his attention. So I'm sure that you can you can think of something amusing. For... Tell him he's already won the Spanish national lottery. No, don't don't send... say it out on on air because everyone will send him an email. With that. <laughs> Ch- Chad says you're a dick. Okay. <laughs> so many. He's going to get so many emails now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, on so that I've, got, I've got I've got I've got four of those tramps, and uh, I'm keen to give them a go. And um, so far, they've been good. But I don't like to comment on anything short term. So I like to go and fly with something for a, a month or two and put it through hell, and then see what happens. Because it's been it's been all too often in the past where I've said something good about something, and then the next week it fails on me. So long term testing is the only way to really get your head around that. My, my my best testing methods is get Tony to install it. If it survives that, that's pretty good. If Tony can run it longer than ten minutes without destroying it, because like that's that's Tony's one mode really is just destroy. Then uh, yeah, it's great. It's by ten. Um, sounds, sounds like we've got a winner. <laughs> yeah, that's it really. If it's Tony proof, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, should we call it there, guys? Because it's it's time. It, it is eight, time to, uh, to give away to Damn, Anna. we've been talking for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, right, so we're, we're, we're recording this live on poweringon.co.uk on the 11th of August 2016. It is just coming up to the time where we have to say goodbye and let you uh, live listeners instead listen to Hannah, the 3D printing lady, who will be talking about... I think she's talking about the explosive thing. I can't remember. But she's going to be talking about lots of interesting 3D printing stuff. So, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, Chad. And uh, thank you, everyone else. Uh, so, we've got had Tony, we've had Adam, we've had Jack, and we've right. had me. Uh, good night, everybody. And thank you for listening. 
Goodbye, everyone. Au revoir. Thank you very much. Au revoir. Ciao. Ciao.